I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower, a weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Correct with Maximum Firepower. You and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. I'm Tom Morello, and this is Maximum Firepower. Our podcast subject this week is Running with the Devil. Is evil in metal showbiz or something darker? Or a bit of both. My guests this week are Nuno Betancourt of Extreme and John Five of the Rob Zombie Band and of his solo band, The Creatures. Welcome. How's it going? Hello. So longtime friends, Nuno and John, uh, we are all fans of hard rock and heavy metal music. This episode, we're going to be talking about, like, how evil is metal? <laughs> and John, what was your first brush with the dark side of metal? I would have to say it was Black Sabbath, the album cover, and then, oh my God, hearing Black Sabbath, the song, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. And I was so little. It literally scared me. I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this, but I do like it. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, you're like nervous and stuff. I like this. I like this. You know, it's it's and you feel this just sense of excitement. And I was it was a different kind of feeling. Yeah. You know, it's like a drug, and I just was obsessed with anything dark and anything evil, and um, nothing changes. We're still like this today. I still look at the same monster magazines and listen to the same music, and I still get that excitement. Nuno. I I think the first band that started scaring me, (laughs) well, the first stuff that conjured up those images for me, I think was Alice Cooper for me. I was putting on the Welcome to My Nightmare album and I was like listening to certain, I remember watching Midnight Special, something like that. Yeah. And I remember Midnight watching, Special. he did the Black, uh, was it the Black Widow? Black Widow, yeah. And I saw this whole thing and, the, and then the head come, I'm like, and I was I was young and I was like, what the, f-? it wasn't, it was more of a visual thing for me at first and then it sonically I started looking into it and that's when I started going into what John said, which is Black Sabbath, I think is a lot of our first experience of like, yeah. dark stuff but then again Judas Priest for me I was confused because the music wasn't like Sabbath and it wasn't like this like this ominous Grim Reaper shit coming at you it was more like Judas Priest was more aggressive but they that's the first time metal bands started kind of hiding their evil you know the evilness in like fun rock and roll I'm like wait what's happening here are we getting are we getting tricked is the devil tricking yes. us into is Motley Crue shout at the devil really about the devil? I don't Is know. Is it a trick? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. For me, it was Black Sabbath as well. It was the Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath album cover. It was doing the Gerald Ford physical fitness regimen. You had to like do like 100 sit-ups and push-ups. And the kid, like the one burnout, the one kid like in our class who owned nunchucks. One day, there was a record player in there, and they would normally play like Guess Who or Eagles or something. And he brought in that record. I remember see, I was physically afraid when I saw that album cover, I was just like, what? Like, that can't be music. I mean, that's just something demonic. And, yeah. you know, then later on, I, when I heard the song Iron Man, I was like, demonic, but badass. And that's where that conflict began. Now, were you at all conflict? Because I grew up in a super Christian community. And 
I grew up with a Catholic background, and I loved my rock and roll music, loved it. And I loved my evil bands, but I remember, you know, whether it was ACDC and the Devil Horns or Black Sabbath or some, some of the other imagery of feeling this, like, are we supposed to enjoy the music or are we supposed to be worshiping the devil <laughs> at this mm. concert? And it was a subject of conversation in the halls of my high school. Did any of you feel any conflict or were you confident in your wearing your evil shoes from day one? I mean, look, you know, you are who you are, right? And you see what you want to see and hear what you want to hear within those <clears throat> realms. And you pluck out the things you like. For me, it became more theatrical. It's like music and food. It was like a different thing to taste and a different thing to go down that rabbit hole with and explore. But the music always won because we were musicians. So, you know, I would listen to Black Sabbath riff or, or even that album, Heaven and Hell, even though it was called Heaven and Hell, and it had all those great songs, everything... It was the music first that got to me, so I never felt unsafe. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, really, it's really great that you asked that because I look back now how naive I would be, and I'm like, am I really doing this? Am I worshiping this really? And this is how they get me to do it now? And it, <laughs> like, I really now am asking myself now at 54, was I in, was I in the, the occult? I didn't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, again, like seeing these bands, like at a very young age, I would go see Slayer, and all these bands, because I was so into it, but I was also like, oh my gosh, you know, this is really, they are really into this stuff, you know? These guys are not messing around, some of these bands. And then when I got into some of those bands, like Manson or Zombie, like when I was in Manson, the crowd, they are very serious about this. They, they yeah. are not messing around. And like there were witches and we would get assigned witches. And it was very weird. Like, oh, this person that's been following me around for like, you know, seven months is assigned to me. And it's like this witch. I know. Nuno. Yeah. Yes, I, got, Nuno. Yeah, Tom, Nuno just I, I got the same start question. A whole you go ahead podcast and podcast right now. We need to. <laughs> we had bitches. You had witches. Wait a second. Yeah. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It was very, it and was very And we had sweaty dudes with strange. baseball caps. Yeah, it was a weird... That's intriguing, man. That's wild. That's intriguing. It's, it was a weird time. They were not playing around. They were very serious about it. And, you know, me, I like, you know, hee-haw, and I like, <laughs> you know, a good time. You know, I like 5150, yeah. and I like having, <laughs> you know... <laughs> so it was all, like really a wake up like to go whoa these people are not messing around so it was educational for sure yeah i, I felt my, my moment was at the uh the mob rules black sabbath tour the dio era black sabbath tour where they play the song heaven and hell and i was like you you know i loved all the music of the bands that were poo-pooed as having sort of evil intent i'm like it's just awesome rock and roll man but then i would go to the show and during the breakdown of the song Heaven and Hell, Ronnie James Dio, would, there would be a conversation between him and he would look up, there'd be like this little small beam of light that would come down and the angel would be sort of encouraging him to turn away from the dark side. And then this huge like red light would loom at his feet and it would be like this demonic voice saying, come to hell with me. And it would go back and forth. And there was this battle for the band's soul. And in the end, Ronnie James Dio would make the... <laughs> predictable choice, which was the devil, and the place would go berserk. <laughs> of so course I would. I'm like, I'm like, I love it when the beat drops in that song. It's 
awesome, but must we also go down to hell in order to enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk for a minute about Aleister Crowley, who is in some ways a little bit of a ground zero of evil and metal movement. Aleister Crowley was a cultist and recreational drug experimenter, self-identifying as a magician whose credo was, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. He believed that sex could focus the magician's will onto a specific goal, such as financial gain or personal creative success. He described himself as the beast, 666. There was a fella by the name of Jimmy Page who was a big fan of Aleister Crowley. Page met an L.A.-based Satanist, and Anton LaVey was sort of like the American version of Aleister Crowley. Uh, but Page met a guy named Kenneth Anger at Sotheby's. Both were bidding on a rare Crowley manuscript. Anger asked Page to write music for his film, subtly titled Lucifer Rising, and Page invited Anger to move into Crowley's former house on Loch Ness with him. There's a castle on the side of Loch Ness where... Jimmy Page bought that belonged to Aleister Crowley. They move in there together. Rumors of the two men and Page's girlfriend engaging in occult rituals ensued. Things got ugly when Page delivered only 20 minutes of music, with Anger <laughs> having asked for 40. Page kicked Anger out of Crowley's house. Anger claims it was then that he cast a satanic spell on Jimmy Page. This became, as I was, when I was a kid, this was a huge part of the Led Zeppelin mythos. And when things started going sideways, when Robert Plant's son tragically died, when John Bonham died, it was in the music press at the time speculated that there was something darker afoot and that there had been sort of a soul selling in the name of success, but now it was reaping its rewards. Do you remember any of that? Because that, for me, that was like a huge issue in music while Led Zeppelin was still a band. I absolutely remember all of that. I mean, it put such a different tonality on like when we heard Zeppelin 1 and 2 at that point, we were more like, oh, wow, this is great rock and roll. And then when the, when they started shifting, almost like when the Beatles shifted into those rubber soul eras from going like, she loves you, yeah, yeah, into like all of a sudden they're doing cashmere and they're doing, you know, Stairway to Heaven and doing all this stuff. Like it definitely had a different tone. The band had a different aura about it and all this stuff in the press about, you know, backwards messages and the Alistair Crowley stuff and, and especially Paige. It definitely changed the way I, I listen to Zeppelin. I don't know about you, John, but it def definitely did for me. John, your thoughts? Well, you know, I heard the story about the 20 minutes of music, and he, you know, he got really upset. And I thought, I swear to you guys, I'm not joking. I thought, God, why didn't he just give him 20 more minutes of music? I seriously thought that. Yeah. <laughs> and everything would have been fine. Everything would have been fine. He would have been, like, right with Satan. And everything would yeah. have been fine. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. All right, so, so we're, I want to go down some of the bands that have been accused of collaborating with the occult and get your take on them. John Five, you're our resident kind of KISS expert here. Um, yes. And, you know, KISS w was thought to be knights in Satan's service. Yes. You know, and that was often thrown in my face as a big KISS fan, you know, growing up. Gene Simmons claims he invented the heavy metal horn sign, the devil horn sign in the early 70s. He even tried and failed to trademark it in 2017. Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead said about this, well, he would, wouldn't he? Isn't he just so evil? It always felt to me like Gene, as sort of the demonic member of KISS, was a Bela Lugosi or a Boris Karloff character. No one in that band felt that he had any 
other than a business interest in the occult. Would you agree? I think in the early days, Gene is very smart. He's, you can't deny that. And he was a demon and he created this character. He loved the old movies. He loved, you know, uh, Lon Chaney. And he created this bigger than life thing now that is as recognizable as Coca-Cola or McDonald's or anything like that. But they are religious. I mean, Peter Chris is very religious. You know, they're the furthest thing from anything to do with the devil. They're the nicest people. So with regards to the heavy metal horn sign, the consensus is that Ronnie James Dio really popularized it. And it came from his Italian grandmother who used it to ward off the malocchio or the evil eye in her Italian village. So the next time you rock the devil horns, please remember it came from a little old Italian lady. I'm Tom Morello. This is Maximum Firepower. Today, we are running with the devil. Is evil in metal showbiz or something darker or both? My guests are John Five and Nuno Betancourt. We are parsing apart this very crucial matter for 2021. Uh, we're talking about the band ACDC, which less so today, but back in the day was a real magnet for sort of religious fervor and anti-rock and roll sentiments not just because Angus Young wore little devil horns on his head, but because in 1985, the drifter Richard Ramirez broke into homes across the San Fernando Valley and murdered many people, and two women were murdered. Our roommate survived, gave cops a sketch of the assailant. The assailant was wearing an ACDC baseball cap. Ultimately, Ramirez was caught after a 14-month spree in California. 13 people were murdered. 11 more sexually assaulted in their homes. It came out that Ramirez was obsessed with the band ACDC, especially their song, Night Prowler. Night Prowler. Media headlines included, ACDC music made me kill at 16, the Night Stalker admits. At trial, Ramirez greeted the courtroom with the words, Hail Satan, and stated to the judge, I am beyond good and evil. I will be avenged. Lucifer dwells in us all. The band was horrified, distance themselves publicly. On Behind the Music, Malcolm claimed, the Night Prowler is actually about, and I quote, things you used to do when you are a kid, like sneaking into a girlfriend's bedroom when her parents are asleep. This incident, and a Judas Priest incident that we'll talk about in a second, really put heavy metal on the map for the world as something that was potentially dangerous to children. Do you remember this moment, and what are your thoughts? I remember hearing about Night Prowler and listening to it and, and how it was connected to this story. But, you know, this is the perfect example. I mean, this is Helter Skelter, right? That's probably even the bigger version. Is like yep. they're very similar with, 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 you know, Charles Manson and the songs that make us do things and even Ozzy's Suicide Solution and things like that. And, you know, I think the disconnect here is that whenever we think about hell and Satan and good and evil— we have to kind of look at the conversation as like, where is that fine line that becomes evil and is good? I mean, the light version of it. Because a lot of people believe that, listen, heavy metal in itself and the touring and everything else, the orgies that went on and the craziness and the drinking and everything, a lot of people are referring to that as part of the lifestyle as well. It's not necessarily just wearing an upside down cross. We're talking about Lucifer or having a seance. You know, that's the dark arts version, right? Mm -hmm. but, but then we have the like... The Sodom the, and Gomorrah the, version, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. version which is like, this is why heavy metal is like, you know, listen, I was on tour. I, I 
bored with some crazy bands and saw shit that I can't unsee and things happen. So, and it wasn't like, no, there weren't any crosses. People weren't doing burning candles and doing stuff, but there was a lot of, like you said, the Sodom and Gomorrah vibe. So night prowler to me is that perfect example of like, what are we supposed to do when somebody interprets, they've been doing it with the Bible and the years, you know, that would they interpret what their version and who's speaking to them. And I think, um, well, you have some of the bands that we talked about, like the Dio's of the world and stuff that have those, the art version of it. How are you not going to get one guy in that arena that doesn't believe every fucking word that he's saying yes. and will go and act that out possibly? Yeah. So in the aftermath of that, there was this anti-metal hysteria, especially after Geraldo Rivera, who was a big deal at the time. He did a lurid special on heavy metal as the key driver of Satanism and ritual murder in the United States, noting especially that Black Sabbath and their symbols and lyrics reoccur in all these cases. Uh, church groups nationwide started burning metal records and accusing metal fans of being Satanists. After a night of partying and listening to Judas Priest in 1985, 20-year-old James Vance and his friend 18-year-old Raymond Belcap shot themselves in a local playground. Belcap died, Vance survived, soon filed a lawsuit against Judas Priest claiming subliminal messaging in the Stained Class album drove him to the act. Halford and the band postponed their tour to attend the lengthy trial. The trial dragged on. Eventually, no damages or charges were brought against the band. In 1985, a D.C. area government-connected panel led by Tipper Gore called the PMRC identified what was, became known as the Filthy 15, which were 15 specific extra-filthy songs and acts that deserved censure. They included, and I quote, Prince... Darling Nikki, Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls, Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive, Vanity, Strap On, Robbie Baby, Motley Crue's song Bastard, ACDC, Let Me Put My Love Into You, Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It, Madonna, Dress You Up, Wasp, Animal, Fuck Like a Beast, Def Leppard, High and Dry, Merciful Fate, Into the Coven, Black Sabbath Trashed, Mary Jane Girls, In My House, Venom, Possessed, and Cindy Lauper, She-Bop. How evil's that list? <laughs> Cindy Lauper should have been hung for that song. <laughs> it should have been higher. <laughs> I mean, I really think when that was happening, we all remember it, it made metal music explode. <laughs> That's People that's just correct. went nuts. That's correct. Every kid, everybody was like, I'm buying this, I'm buying that, I'm buying this. And it was just such a great promotion. I mean, it was just incredible. But I do have to say, the terrible thing about this was the suicides and the murders and all that stuff. I'm so sad for these people that lost their lives over yeah. these lyrics that they believed and they thought people were talking to them. It, I mean, it's just well, it's, such it's, a shame. It's most likely they had underlying mental I was just going to say, it wasn't like, the lyrics. I don't, yeah, no one listens to one record and goes and kills himself. So we got a couple more things to talk about on this. Um, <clears throat> like John said, it made metal records explode in popularity. So then did groups embrace this with both arms to try to sell records? <sighs> Man, it's tough. And this is something I didn't really understand either. You know, and we all know these guys. We know bands that are just, you know, it's the upside down crosses and pentagrams. <laughs> all over and the they place. Have, 
And they have nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's just something you're not supposed to do. And I think that is what excites the audience, the crowd, just like how you were talking about heaven and hell when they chose the devil, the red light, the place went crazy. So I think that's what it's all about. It's all exciting and it's fun, but we're not going home crucifying, you know, a goat or anything like that. Yeah. It's just fun. I mean, that's how I look at it. I agree with you completely, but just like any other debate of like, I don't know, a race or a genre or something, just like metal, there are some bands that are all in. Well, that's, there's a handful. That's, that's how we're going to conclude. We're going to pick this, one band in particular to talk about who took this to an extreme, a band called Mayhem. Mm. And the band Mayhem is one of those Norwegian black metal bands where members of the band, like the, the least controversial thing that they did was burn churches to the ground. You know, they sort of subscribed to this kind of Viking paganism. One member of the band committed suicide. Another member drove over to the other member's house and murdered him, I believe, with a sword. And one of those guys is in jail forever. All very unapologetic. It's a band that the singer's name was Dead. And before the show, he would bury his stage outfit in the ground and then unearth it so that he had sort of a more of a, like an undead vibe to his thing. Now, when I was originally felt that metal might be evil, it was Black Sabbath. Then when Venom came into the picture, I was like, perhaps they're more committed. Bands like that and Mayhem. Any thoughts about that extreme level of evil metal? I think that's the great and the sad thing about anything that we fight for or we're for or an against. We tend to take the whole thing and somebody goes, metal's evil. And they're like, wait a second. We know that Vince Neil was not burying his outfit before every performance. With that, <laughs> no, he that, was not. No, that is we, for no sure. sir, he was not. So, so my point being is like, it's like we, you can't generalize because there were bands that, I don't know, that I'm not sure about, whether it was Killing Joke or King Diamond or Danzig or Slayer. I mean, there was bands that we know that were doing things, but I don't know if personally they're going home and there's candles and there's pentagrams and, and, they, and there is seances and animals being slaughtered. I don't know yeah. that for sure. I know in the mainstream of metal, I don't believe so. But yeah, that's definitely happening. And that's something that I don't know much about and I've never been into. So I, I can't really, yeah. I don't know. All right. So John, any final words on uh, evil in metal before I leave you with a couple of juicy metal guys quotes? Evil in metal, I believe, listen, I'm taking The more it from evil, the better? Yeah, more is more. <laughs> so um, there are bands out there that are into this and they do horrific things, but I'm into this for the music, how it makes me feel, the excitement. And if it's a little dark and scary, that's okay. That's yeah. why there are scary movies, horror movies, and that's why it is in music as well. It gives people excitement and it's music, but I don't think anybody should go burn any churches, you know? <laughs> Whether it was the Stones, Sympathy for the Devil, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast, ACDC's Hell's Bells, Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley, or Slayer's Angel of Death. Those are all hot-ass jams we should be able to enjoy. These are two quotes sort of on the opposite ends of the spectrum that uh, we will leave our listeners with. One is Brian Johnson of ACDC reflecting on decades of his band being kind of persecuted for having some sort of demonic intent and influence. Brian said, they'd say... 
if you play the records backwards, you can hear evil things like, Grr, and I would think, geez, I didn't know the devil sounded like that. I thought he was more coherent like the rest of us. I'm just trying to make the damn songs rhyme. And then Ozzy will leave us. Farewell, we'll, we'll, we'll head out on an Ozzy Osbourne quote. 1984, Ozzy said, I really wish I knew why I've done some of the things I've done over the years. Sometimes I think that I'm possessed by some outside spirit. A few years ago, I was convinced of that. I thought I truly was possessed by the devil. I remember sitting through The Exorcist a dozen times saying to myself, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> John 5, Nuno Betancourt, thank you so much for joining me on Maximum Firepower. I am Tom Morello. Say goodbye to the friends out there, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Tom. John, much. good to see you, Don't, everybody. Good to see you, too. Until next time, take it easy, but take it. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search Maximum Firepower. Oh.